You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It is Wednesday the 8th of February. Tom Stanley in for Nick Luck and joined by broadcaster and journalist Rishi Passad. We'll have the uh, usual Cheltenham Festival uh, chat. There were a few scratchings yesterday we'll we'll touch upon. Uh, We'll be speaking to the Chief Executive of Newby Racecourse. Ari, an increase in prize money, a very welcome one. And some news on this weekend's likely runners or potential lack of runners as well given the likely going conditions there. Uh, we do start, though, Rishi, with the news that last year's champion hurdle third, Zana here, um, has has tested positive for a banned substance, and there's a hearing planned today. Rishi, what do we know? Yeah, so Zana here tested positive for a banned substance after he was third in last year's champion hurdle. So the first question that a lot of people have asked is, how come it's taken almost a year before we got to the uh, situation where we know he's tested positive and today uh, Gordon Elliott uh, will face a disciplinary panel who will then assess the level of his culpability uh, according to the facts that are presented before them. Um, It's a category B offence, so there are obviously three different levels of culpability, low, medium and high. The penalties for those range from the lower end uh, of being fined so um, I think around £5,000 would be sort of the entry point Um, but then the higher levels of culpability involve um, being banned Um, so the entry point will be two years for a higher level but it can go up to 10 years so it'll be interesting to see what facts are presented to the panel today in order to determine just how culpable Gordon Elliott is. Obviously, it's a very serious situation um, and we will learn a lot more over the next uh, 24 hours or so. But definitely a question, a few questions to be asked. And one of those is the, the length of time it's taken for us to arrive at this particular juncture. Uh, yeah, and sort of not quite on the eve of this year's Cheltenham Festival, but 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 close enough to it. Um, you and I are not vets, Rishi. Um, <laughs> I did read um, Rory Delaghi posted a, an interesting um, American journal regarding uh, three hydroxy lidocaine, which is the uh, metabolite metabolite of lidocaine, which the horse has, has tested positive for. Um, it's not. It's not specifically a performance enhancer if a horse is sound. So it, it cannot mm. enhance a horse's performance in a sound horse, but it works as an anaesthetic. Um, from my reading, it seems to be relatively um, widely used in, in in veterinary procedure as an anaesthetic. Um, but obviously it, it, it has an effect to, to stop a, a horse feeling any sort of pain. And that's the metabolite that, that has been found. Um but yes, the hopefully that pro- provides a small amount of context. Um, the the fact that it's taken so long, it just feels a little um, well unsatisfactory. And and for all I don't know the the exact workings of of this sort of process, the fact that the horse tested positive after the race in a urine sample, and we are <laughs> nigh on eleven months on, is 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 a real head scratcher. It is, and I I, I would assume um, I don't know any more than anybody else, um, but. Uh, I would assume that somebody uh, involved in uh, a higher level would be able to explain why 
the delay has been. Obviously, there's the A and B samples that have to be done. That obviously takes a while, but um, to have taken this long is surprising. There may be a valid enough reason as to why this is the case, but it hasn't been made public and us, the racing uh, fraternity, are definitely asking the question, how come it's taken 12 months for this? It's it's not a good template for for the future going ahead that decisions or situations like this take so long uh, to be to be heard. Yes, and it's something that's been discussed before on the, on the podcast regarding um, Irish procedure as well and, and, and why some instances in, in the past have taken so long over there. Um, okay, that's what we know currently. There is a hearing today. There'll be an update on the podcast tomorrow, no doubt. Cheltenham scratchings from the feature race, races, Rishi. What caught mm. your eye regarding the horses that, that stand their ground or don't? Uh, nothing caught my eye about those that don't stand their ground the likes of say monkfish coming out uh of the stairs and the gold cup so gerhard coming out of the champion um the only thing that's <laughs> and i'm sure it's it's just a precaution <laughs> but there is of all the all the news in the last 24 hours about honeysuckle going for the mayors she's still in the champion hurdle uh, she's still <laughs> that that's the... that's sensible isn't it let's say um let's say that you know constitution hill treads on a stone and 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 state man gets cast in his box and you know i don't obviously i don't want these things to happen but it's probably no. sensible just to leave her in but to state your intent to run in the mayor yeah yeah i mean i'm still it's not gonna happen it's not well, gonna happen. you never know you never know, but I'm still firmly of the opinion that uh, the best horses run in the best race. And although she is not the best two mile hurdler around, there's only one horse who has claim to that at the moment. Um, personally, my view is the mayor's hurdle detracts from the champion hurdle and to a degree the, the stayers hurdle. You know, we've got Marie's Rock potentially going to go in the mayor's hurdle instead of the stairs hurdle i mean i don't know uh, i i've i'm not a fan of so many options for so many horses so i i would rather the champion hurdle the stairs. I, I like keeping it simple the champion hurdle the stairs hurdle regardless of sex let's find out who the best is as opposed to horses having an option to run in a considered i say considered a lesser quality event but but hasn't the mayor's hurdle enhanced the champion hurdle haven't we seen a number of mares winning the race in the last decade or so because of the presence of the mares hurdle and and the 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 better mares program. Are you satisfied that you knew just how good Quavega was? Uh, when when Quavega was winning the mares repeatedly, I wasn't as mm. satisfied with the mares hurdle. It's probably only in the last five years that I've really yep. started to embrace the race and see it as a. Yeah. a championship race for mayors but am i more or, or less of a fan of, of the mayor's hurdle on a you know if i had to put a percentage on it well i'm, I'm much yeah. more i'm I'm sort of 80 percent in the mayor's hurdle camp now a part of that is because i like it as a race in its own right it's given us mm -hmm. one of the most dramatic moments at the cheltenham festival in in recent years those years ago when annie power came down at the last and yeah it, it has enhanced the quality of horse that runs in the champion hurdle by and large we we had that race a couple of years ago all right none of them won it but we had two mares fighting out at the top of the market with buvidera previous winner and and that is because of the presence of the mares hurdle enhancing the 
the mayor's program and when they are good enough they often run in the champion hurdle though the mayor's is always going to be an option well i i'm of the opinion that the mayor's hurdle is not a championship race in not not in the championship race in the sense that the stairs hurdle or the champion hurdle is a championship race i agree that there are occasions when the mayor's hurdle is a strong contest and it's worth uh you know it's obviously hugely interesting and it's a worthy addition to to the race program but i don't think as a fan of the championship the traditional championship race and call me a traditionalist if you want but I think it detracts from the race. And I know that you point out about this, the mayor's adding to the champion hurdle, et cetera. But the truth is, is that Annie Power, Honeysuckle, we found we only really found out how good they were when they went out of mayor's company and ran in the champion hurdle. And we knew that Annie Power was a good, a really top-class horse when she won the champion hurdle. We knew that Honeysuckle was a top-class hurdler when she won the champion hurdle a couple of times. So you only really find out about these horses in championship races. Um, and I'd rather see them competing in the championship races to find out about them rather than having the option of going for uh, what they are. I mean, it's without question, they are considered a weaker race. I mean, the reason why Honeysuckle is going to run in the mayor's hurdle, or that's the intention, is because it's a weaker race than the champion hurdle. Um, and I understand why, I totally understand why Connections would want to run in a weaker race to have a win. But as a fan of the sport, and that's the only perspective I can talk about, I can't talk about the perspective of owning the horse because I don't. So the perspective that I have is as a fan of the sport, I want to see good competition. You know, the fact that we've created categories for almost every uh, horse that exists in racing at the Cheltenham Festival, in my opinion, is is wrong, and that we we allow too many options for these horses to avoid each other, as someone called it the other day, dodgeball at the Cheltenham Festival. And that's what it sometimes feels like. It's the, the quality of racing at the Cheltenham Festival over the last year, last few years, thins out. It continues to thin out. It's like my hair, it, and it's only going one way. It's thinning out each and every year. I now have a vision of Ben Stiller at the Cheltenham Festival because you said dodgeball, um, <laughs> which would be welcome. They're just four days. We're going to hear from Noel Feely very shortly on on Love Envoy. I mean, that said, this year the Mayor's Hurdle as a race in its own right stands up, yeah. doesn't it? Honeysuckle, two-time champion hurdle winner. The Mayor's Novices Hurdle winner from last. I, I bet you love the Mayor's Novices Hurdle. My God, the Mayor's <laughs> Novices Hurdle winner from last year. Um, uh, Epitont. I mean, this and 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 potentially Marie's Rock as well. I mean, that's a race. It is. It, it's a very good race, and I know the moment for debating whether or not it's it's earned its place in the program, etc., and whether it detracts from uh, the stairs and the champion, etc., is for another time. And certainly in, in the lead up to the festival and on the day, I will go. This is. I will say it's a very good race. The champ. The mayor's hurdle is going to be a good race if those horses at the top of the market stand the ground but i feel that it's going to be a good race to the detriment of the existence of the champion hurdle and the stayers hurdle i'd rather see marie's rock run in the stayers hurdle i'd rather see epitan honeysuckle um run in the in the champion hurdle i don't know where i'd see love envoy but that's that was part of the beauty of a horse like love envoy where would she go uh, you know, w- approaching the, f- the championship meeting, the, the the best meeting of the season with regards to ch- jumps horses, you used to ask yourself, well, where would this horse who sits in between 
two stools, where would they end up? Where would they take the chance? You know, would you go the Dawn Run Champion Hurdle Gold Cup type horse? And who knew? Who knew? It was though that uncertainty and testing the horse's ability to its full maximum, as opposed to finding an option that best suits the horse, which I understand why trainers and owners want that. But do we really find out how good that horse is? Like, I mean, I still go back to the point I made to you at the start of this conversation on this particular subject. As good a mare as Corvega was, I still don't know how good she was in the grand scheme of championship races because she just beat mares every year in the same race over and over again. But I'd love to have seen her run in a champion hurdle or a stayers hurdle and really find out how good Corvega was. Hamley mentioned Brandy Love, who we got an update on the podcast yesterday, who um, <laughs> is worth going back and listening to, to Henrietta tonight, talking about her, um, who is likely to head to the, the Mayor's Hurdle anyway. And would we have the, these depth of Mayor's if it wasn't for the Mayor's Hurdle programme, etc. Right. There's, <laughs> there's your Mayor's Hurdle preview. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Honeysuckle changed their mind and yeah. she runs with a champion. <laughs> Imagine. Um, good. Good. Well, a likely runner in the um, Mayor's Herb at the Cheltenham Festival is Love Envoy, as we know. She's going to line up this weekend. She's owned by the Noel Philly Racing Syndicate. Noel joins me now. How is she, Noel? She's very good, Tom. Um, very happy with her. She progressed nicely from her first run at Sandown, where she carried a big weight to Sandown on the 7th of January, which she won the listed. So um, she she progressed with every run last year, and we're hoping she'll do the same this season. Yeah, and I suppose it's nice that she's managed to tick every box regards to where she goes, because Harry Fry and, and yourself sort of set out a plan for her, and it's it's great that she's she's made every race so far, and obviously this is the last stop before Cheltenham. Did, when the announcement came yesterday about Honeysuckle's likely appearance in the Mayor's Hurdle, did your heart sink a little bit, or are you, are you sort of happy to take her on? Brandy Love, good news as well, is likely to head there as well. Who, of course, um, you bumped into at a fairy house. So, look, it's, you know, it's, it's, do you feel your mare's a good bit better than last year? Definitely, definitely better. Learning to race better, um, much more professional. The last day, Sandra, I thought, where she settled better and um, finished well. She's definitely come forward from last year, though, which she'll obviously need to. She'll need to come forward again um, because, as I said, it's a very, very hot race. Uh, we'd like to see her step forward again if she runs on Saturday at Warwick and uh, then she'll have, to, she'll have to keep on improving, that's for sure, because it's, uh, it's a very, very competitive race. If um, if she did... It, right, if Rishi and I have just been having a good old chat about the Mayor's Hurdle. Um, unexpected, but there we are. If it didn't exist, Noel, would you run in a champion or would she be going over further or what do you think you'd do? Um, if it didn't exist... Uh, yeah, probably would be running in the champion, yeah. Um, like I said, we've left her in the champion at this stage. Um, because you never know what's going to happen between now and then. And, you know, I think if everything, if all didn't go for the mayors, 
if anything happened to one of the other two, then all of a sudden you'd be thinking, you know, the champion might be an option. So it, it probably would be champion, actually. Yeah. We've tried her over two, two and a half, and it seems to come the same to her. She's, she's winning over two and two and a half quite well, so um, even though I said two and a half is probably more of her trip, but... Yeah, we'd, we'd definitely leave her in the race to the last minute. Sorry for the hypothetical. I'm, I'm saying this is a declared fan of the of the Mayor's Hurdle. Like, I, I like it as a race anyway, but I think it's enhanced the division. So there we are. Um, fine. Will, um, will, will chasing be on her agenda next year, Noel, or do you take it one step at a time? Yeah, look, again, obviously if she goes and balls up in the Mayor's Hurdle, you'd probably be thinking, why do we need to go jump fences with her, I suppose? But it was always the plan to go jumping fences with her at some stage. And that probably would be on the agenda next season. Um, but obviously, one race at a time, we'll see how the season finishes out for us. But uh, yeah, she, she will jump fences, no problem. Okay, anything else at Warwick? Uh, we, we have a couple of mounts out in a handicap world that we've seen elsewhere as well. Uh, and we have a bumper horse called Camden Ass, but he's also in elsewhere, so I'm not sure if either of them run, but uh, possibly loving by will be the only runner maybe on the card. Okay, bumper horse and ice horse? Yeah, um, it was really nice race that Kel's already got brought down, brought down on a bumper, so it's unlucky he's been, but um, <laughs> uh, we think he is a nice horse, yeah, so we'll, we'll uh, try and find the right race for him. Top man. Cheers, now. Good luck. All right. Cheers, Tom. Well, good news from Newbury yesterday. The Newbury Racecourse has announced a 16% increase in prize money across the 2023 season. Chief Executive Julian Thick joins me now. Um, Julian, some some welcome news. What's allowed you to to increase prize money by this extent? Well, I think it is good news. It's a time when the industry uh, needs these sort of announcements most, and we're delighted to be able to increase their total prize funds for the year to just over six million. Um, that includes us putting in as a racecourse executive contribution, which is the money we contribute, just over 3 million, 3.1 million, which is a 26% year on year rise. Um, we hope to be able to increase that further in 2024. Is it a direct result of of, um, of what happened last year? I remember speaking to Rafe Beckett on this podcast, Julian, who who talked to trainers voting with their feet regarding the the race that couldn't go ahead because it had no declarations. Would this have happened anyway, or, or has it meant that, that there's been a, a, bit, a bigger increase in prize money? Uh, it would have happened anyway. Um, there's, a, there's two or three reasons behind that, but just being... 2022, the racecourse actually put up 5.2 million in prize money, which was a record. Our executive contribution last year was two and a half million, which was up 15% from pre-COVID levels, which we think was a was a pretty strong effort anyway. But we're looking forward now. We're happy to, happy to put this additional contribution in. And the kind of three factors behind that is we're a small trader PLC. Uh, we've got a shareholder base that's very supportive of racing. We're very confident in the future of the, of the race course. Um, we've got some very strong um, sponsors and partners that have helped us to do this. And we've uh, we've got a new media rights arrangement, which part kicks in this year, uh, which has helped us to make this move forward. And, and going forward, when the, the rights partnership with um, Sky Sports Racing takes over in, in full, should that in turn, as you say, lead to even more prize money? We hope so. That's that's certainly the commitment we've made. We've already made a public commitment on putting in forty percent of uh, of the total media rights, and we're because we're trading PLC, we're completely transparent. All the numbers that people would like to see are out, are out there when we publish our results. So hopefully there would be, but 
you know, racing is, is um, looking at some considerable headwinds coming up in the and some uncertainties in the next couple of years. But fingers crossed, if if all those go in the right direction, yes, we should be able to announce a, a further increase in 2024. And, and tough times, Julian, as we know for everyone with the cost of living, etc. Uh, does, does footfall, which... You know, by and large, for all there have been some positive stories of, of late, um, do, does sort of reduced attendances mean that, that, that prize money contributions can't be as high as you, you would like? There is a direct correlation there, is there? Yeah, there's certainly a direct correlation between the, the, the amount of people coming race. We're, we're a, an independent race course, so we, we don't have a, and our business model is we don't have a major festival or a large or weather track churning out media rights that um, we can spread across the year so each race meeting needs to stand on its own two feet and so it's an important part of the, the profitability of the race course in a lot of ways the race courses are kind of very traditional businesses and um in you know, people need to people need to watch the racing they need to attend they need to bet on the racing in order for racing to thrive one meeting that, that does stand very well on its own two feet is uh, Betfair Super Saturday this year, a, a real sort of you know fixture in the calendar for for the majority of trainers. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, I think undoubtedly you're definitely looking forward to definitely looking forward to the big race. You know, it, it's always incredibly competitive, and there's lots of unknowns in it. And you know, I think there's a couple of really interesting horses coming from Ireland and. It's, I think it has all the ingredients that you'd want for a top-class jump race on a Saturday. And as far as attendance is, is go, it's um, it's normally a very well-attended day, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's one of our stronger days, um, but at this time of the year, um, and it's certainly, it's, I'd say it's certainly a race meeting for the kind of jumping diehards as they, they start to build up towards Cheltenham when the season gets going again. Lovely stuff. I hope it warms up, because I'm looking forward to coming, uh, coming there this Saturday. Thanks, Gillian. Thanks, Tom. Newbury prize money, Rishi. Good news. Well, it must be any increase in prize money is good news, isn't it? And very welcome for the track. It is good news. It was needed uh, without question. I mean, I don't need to highlight any more the issues of prize money at Newbury than has been already uh, discussed and spoken about here on the podcast over the last 12 months. Um, so well done to Newbury for doing that. But there's very little doubt that it was about time that they acted upon uh, increasing the prize money levels so well done to them um, and hopefully they will be able to do it uh, more in the future i put in a call to lorna fowler this weekend who has colonel mustard entered in the bet for hurdle he's not going to run on account of the ground she's um this was the target and she's obviously very frustrated about that but um he's, he's not he's not going to go because of the the conditions there um it's likely, I, I glean from talking to her, though, though plans remain fluid, given the form of last year's uh, county hurdle, that he will head back to that race. Obviously, mm. we'll see what, what handicaps he's put in. Um, but that seems likely, whether he has a run beforehand, I'm not certain. Um, other likely runners this weekend, Paul Nichols, I spoke to him yesterday at um, Taunton. He's, I mean, I think he's pretty much going to run um, everything he's got in there, all the main protagonists anyway. Two in the Betfair Hurdle, McFabulous mm. in the Novices Handicap Chase, um, Grenatine in the Game Spirits, and Hitman. Yeah, Paul Nichols could have a very good weekend again. I'm particularly excited to see Hitman back. Uh, I'm prepared to forgive what happened in the King George. I, I know he's a better, I feel, I'm sure he's a better horse than that. And going back, obviously, he pre- prior to the King George, he won very nicely at Haydock. Not dissimilar in the way the race, you know, good ground at uh, a, a left-handed track, 
uh, flattish left-handed track Newbury. I expect to see a good performance from him in the Denman. Um, disappointed that Colonel Mustard is not running in the uh, Betfair hurdle. I understand though why he wouldn't run in the race. Um, and so as a consequence, because uh, I liked him for the race, but as a consequence, I'm, I now am siding with no ordinary Joe um, for uh, Nicky Henderson. He is very lightly raced as a seven-year-old, um, but he goes on good ground. I mean, he won. He actually beat Sounds Russian in a novice hurdle at Southall uh, a couple of seasons back um, on good ground. Uh, he was at, he was third in the Greatwood on very good ground to a uh, Cheltenham to um, West Cork, uh, and he's he's not had the easiest uh, of time because he's obviously been hard to train. But he came back to win at Kempton at Christmas time. Um, and what I enjoyed about the performance in, in soft ground, which I, I don't think quite suited him as well as the, the decent ground he's going to encounter at Newbury this weekend. Um, I enjoyed the fact that he's put his head down and he, and he actually tried pretty hard and he narrowly saw off um, big boy Bobby. So that bodes well for me, I think, um, on, on better ground. And that's obviously the, the major, I think the major talking point in the weekend is the fact that you know, we are going to get relatively quick ground for this time of the year at Newbury. I think some horses will struggle on it. I don't think no ordinary Joe will. I think he'll enjoy it. Well, does he know is uh, entered in the Demon Chase this weekend? Uh, Matt Nichols, assistant trainer to Kimberley, joins me now. Lightly runner, Matt. So we, we took a view after he won at Cheltenham in November. He carried a very big weight over three and a quarter miles. And we, and we thought, you know, we, after such a big performance, we wanted to give him a bit of a break before we ran him again. And um, he deserved to have a go at something off sort of, you know, certainly an open race, off, off level weights or, or a graded race, not quite level weights, of course. Um, and the Denman Chase is off to the race that can cut up a little bit. So um, we've been aiming here for quite a while now. What's your view on on the ground? Given that you know Newbury have have concerns, they can't water. They'd like to, etc. Well, I mean, from our point of view, um, we're happy enough. He has form on all types of ground. He's won on fast ground. He's won on heavy ground. He's a very very versatile horse. I mean, I guess a positive for us is that we should handle it perfectly fine. And looking at the entries, there are a couple in there who. Are, I think soft ground horses, and um, you know, it'll probably end up be quite a small field. I would imagine. Now he's got Cheltenham form. Um, if he bolts up in a Denman chase, do you do you reconsider the fact he's not in a Gold Cup? <laughs> the, the owners have already been asking us that on several <laughs> occasions, and we'll give that, you the same answer as them. Let's get Saturday out of the way before we start worrying about anything like that. Um, out of interest, why wasn't there a Cheltenham entry? Um, well, we did. <laughs> He has. He's very high in the handicap now. 158 is is, is actually an awful lot in handicaps, and he probably falls in between two storms of not being quite good enough for the Gold Cup. Um, and there's not really another race that suits him. Um, you know, he's not quick enough for a Ryanair. So, you know, there's there's plenty of. You know, we hear this every year from don't we? That there's plenty of prize money elsewhere, and we just didn't really think there was a suitable race for him this year at the festival. As far as another entry goes this weekend, Espoir de Rome, that sort of piqued my interest because he's in a per temps qualifier. Um, is this is this a master plan? <laughs> I'd love to say it was. Um, he, he's had a couple of entries already, but with, I'm sure you've heard plenty about it and everybody's getting bored of hearing about it. With the ground being so dry, we've had to avoid other races for him and um, take it to 
looked like they might get some respectable ground on Sunday, so we thought we'd go there. I mean, of course, if he if he goes and bulks up or certainly finishes in the first four, then then Shelton could be on the agenda. But it's it's about getting him back on track. He's had a, a multitude of problems, um, but he still shows a massive amount at home. So we want to get him back on track, and then we can see where we are. Okay, and just looking ahead to the following weekend, couple in the um, Ascot Chase, um, first flow being one of them. Do, do, yeah. do you, you just want rain, do you? Yeah, we've got two for gold in there who were second in the race last year, and it's all about rain. I mean, it's a nightmare. Fancy, we're in the middle of, we're, you know, it'll be the middle of February, and we're still talking about we need rain, and courses talking about that they're having to pour water on. Um, it was funny enough. It was quite similar at this stage last year. I, I remember going on Friday, on this Friday, and walking Warwick before we had a run in the novice hurdle because it was verging on sort of good, good to firm. But poor old first flow. His last two seasons have just been decimated by a lack of rain, and and two for gold would be in the same boat. They they both have good form round Ascot. Um, they both deserve a crack at um, a Grade One. And as I say, two for gold was second in it last year. Um, but they just desperately, desperately need rain. Yeah, but not frost because two for God was lined up for the for the third lease. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, we had him trained for the third lease, which was his whole season revolved around. And of course, we lost that on the morning of the race, which was gutting for his his owners and everybody involved because we we planned his season around it. I mean, it's a, it's brilliant what Linfield have done putting on all that prize money. But how often the meeting will actually be run over the next few years is anybody's guess because it's um if it wasn't frost, it would be very wet there at that time of year. Um, but yeah, a fantastic race and, and, and really good prize for me. Yeah. That was a real one, actually. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, um, good luck looking ahead and, and first and foremost, good luck this weekend. Thanks for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much, Tom. Another bit of news, Alan King revealing in his weekender column that Edward Stone has had a minor setback. Um, I spoke to him yesterday at Taunton. Um, he really echoed everything he'd written. The horse was lame last week, quite badly lame as well. Um, he has been ridden the last couple of mornings, though. He would have had an easy week last week anyway. And yes, it's a minor setback, but five weeks, it sh- it, he expects it to be no issue at all, but felt it was just right to put the information out there, given his profile going into Cheltenham. Uh, all those sentiments uh, very appreciative of uh, like the fact that Alan King has kept us uh, in the picture with regards to Edward Stone's well-being um, but I also like that he's quantified the level of concern being very low level and that it's not too much of an issue and should all be fine um, but it's at the back of your mind and you just want to make sure that he has a clear run between now and the festival if you're a supporter of the horse like I am I think that he's the one to beat now uh, in the Queen Mother Champion Chase. So I'm appreciative of uh, the way Alan King has dealt with the situation. I concur. Right, it's Wednesday. Here's Jim McGrath. We've spent a lot of time recently on the Hong Kong beat discussing the likelihood of Hong Kong horses racing in other countries. After all, three Hong Kongers are ranked in the top 10 racehorses in the world. Let's look at a few of them. Well, top-rated Golden 60 won't be going anywhere soon. Despite the pleas and arguments put forward by his jockey Vincent Ho, the brilliant son of Medagliadoro will bypass the Dubai turf at the World Cup meeting next month. If he's going to run abroad, it's most likely going to be in Japan and later in the year. No suggestion that Romantic Warrior is leaving for a foreign assignment either, nor California Spangle. But stand by, there is one, for certain. 
That's Senor Toba, the grey stayer trained by Casper Founds. He won a Group 3 brilliantly at Chartin at the weekend. And his next race will be in Qatar in the HH Emir's Sword over a mile and a half in Doha on February the 18th. And Hugh Bowman, who was the winning jockey on Sunday, has been offered the ride. Casper Founds wants to take Senor Toba to Dubai after that, but first he must acquit himself well in Qatar, and I think he will. Casper is well known as the king of the of Happy Valley, but I'm tipping Tony Cruz to steal his thunder on today's nine-race card under lights at the Valley. Tony's got a couple of really good chances. I like in race four, number two, California Deeply, who's to be ridden by Matthew Chadwick, who returns after a long spell on the sidelines through injury. He's got a great chance of winning this. Number two, California Deeply, who won in Sydney at Warwick Farm, and in Hong Kong, he's also shown a lot of promise. I go for him to beat number three, Special M. So two, California Deeply to beat three, Special M in race four. Later on in race uh, number eight, Tony Cruz saddles number four, Campione, a very fast sprinter who's drawn attractively in stall two so he can bounce out at the six furlong start, go straight to the front and dictate terms throughout, which is exactly what he wants. So race eight, number four, Campione to beat five, rewarding together. Take them in multiples and a tote swinger as well. And another one to keep in mind, race seven, number five, packing award for Zach Purton and also trainer Peter Ho. That's all on the Hong Kong Beat this week. We'll have more for you next week. Rishi, just need a tip from you, please. Uh, goodness. Um, what day is it today? Um, probably probably golf day for you. <laughs> I'm going to try and hit a couple of balls today. Uh, yeah, my selection today, Tom, is in the Mayor's Handicap Hurdle at Southern, the top weight Midnight Callista, one of those horses that I've always thought would be slightly better than she has been. But uh, trainer Anthony Honeyball, obviously, in a rich vein of form. I think you were at the races yesterday when you had another smart winner. Um, very good young conditional, taking seven pounds off her back, which puts her on a decent mark. So if she lets me down today, I'll be done with her. Midnight Callisto, don't let me down. I absolutely love that you put up a mare. You just love a mare's race, don't you, Rich? You just love the mare's programme. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Not at a championship meeting. Good. I, 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 know, I know that in its own right you're, makes perfect sense, but I still like stirring the pot. Oh, honestly. I mean, come on. Uh, can you imagine if it was if it was in Wimbledon and they've gone, okay, what we'll do is because obviously, you know, Federer and Nadal, a couple of older players will introduce an over 35s category for them. So they don't have to play in the main draw. <laughs> so, so Djokovic wins Wimbledon, but he's beaten, I don't know. He, he, he's beaten Sitsipas and uh, Alcaraz and Djokovic wins that title a bit hollow. And Federer, Murray, and uh, Nadal are playing in a separate tournament for them because they they can they they've got a chance of winning a different category. Now, come on, you want you want all the best in one pot to find out who the best is. Good good luck to Anthony Honeyball's mare today, uh, Rishi. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, have a good day. We will chat again soon, no doubt. Thanks everyone at home for listening. Nick, I believe we'll return tomorrow. Bye bye. Yay.
You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.